We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to walk in. He's going to be like, what? Why are you guys recording already? I told you guys, I have lessons right up until 8.30. I've got to eat. I've been teaching straight for 10 hours. What I do is the hardest thing in the world. What you guys do is not considered work compared to my line of work. I'm hungry. <laughs> what are you going to eat tonight? What do, you, what do you think? Like ravioli or something? Or like microwave uh, pizza? I, I, yeah, I was thinking like some kind of sandwich or something. Sandwich, yeah. Yeah. I mean, more, better than what I had. What'd you but have? I had uh, leftover green beans and leftover potatoes. Oh, fancy. I needed I needed a base because I'm having, uh, I got I got a little celebratory beer tonight. It's uh, 16%. Woo, baby. So, very nice, very nice. 16%, 16 ounces. Ooh, here we go. Ethan, welcome to the show. Hello. What are you eating? Um, baked chicken thigh, rice, and green beans. Oh, okay, okay. Matt was Matt was closer than I was. What, oh, you guys were guessing? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I thought it was going to be some type of hot sandwich or something like that. Oh, I thought about doing hot dog, so you were, you were close. Damn. Yeah. yeah. Hot dog. I haven't had one of those since I was at a ball game this year. Oh, really? Yeah, Toddy doesn't. She still don't like hot dogs. Of course she doesn't. Yeah. Not even, not even a nice... How do you not like hot dogs? It's just salty, fatty meat. Like, what the fuck? Parts. That's meat parts. Yeah, whatever. Salty, fatty meat parts. Delicious. <laughs> I had some spicy old mustard boss who used to work. He was a plant manager for Oscar Mayer. He was like, well, at Oscar Mayer... We didn't use reproductive meats in our hot dogs, and I went. Oh, 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 oh. Like, that's still something to be proud of. Oh, oh. oh, that's hilarious. Reproductive meats, like nice. Oh. All right, I love it. For Americans, deep fry and dip it in cheese, and we'll eat it. Exactly. <laughs> to quote, think of George Carlin. What is that? Deep fried raccoons, asshole. <laughs> mm, give me seven. <laughs> All right, everyone, we'll grab a hot dog and do a dance. Let's get into it.
we decided, Ethan, without you, that we were doing a different intro tonight. That we we were already recording before you even came onto the screen and everything. Yeah, I saw so, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So we're totally doing it different again. Just trying to change things up, keep mm. everybody on their toes. But this is still two jocks and a schlub. The show where the content is made up and the segments don't matter. We've been merging beer, sports, and nonsense since 2021. It's almost 22, so we'll be able to say that we've been doing this for a year. <laughs> People won't know that we started in July unless we tell them. <laughs> Did we start in July? Is that right? Yep. Oh my god. Yep. Hey, we still have like almost twenty episodes, right? Like, what, what? yeah, no, we we're not be close. We are we be close? Eighteen-ish, yeah. yeah. Seventeen, eighteen. Wow. We've done every single week. I think Even I should get a gift when we hit twenty episodes. Somebody well, should buy we'll, me something. Matt and I will hit twenty episodes before you do. Oh, yeah. that's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we've been we've been here every single week because we give the people what they want. <laughs> well, yeah. well, while we're talking gifts, so I do have something in the works for both of you guys. Ooh, ooh, I, ooh, yeah, yeah. So just wait, just just keep an eye on it. Colin kind of knows already, but you know, keep an eye on it. Sweet. Ooh, okay, yeah, I do know. I don't want to ruin it. It's good though. It's good. And speaking of good, we have a shit ton to get through, but it's going to be a good episode. And I was saying to Matt, we don't need to do rapid fire, but let's keep in mind that we do have like several topics that we want to talk about. So let's definitely try to be concise. And, you know, if we need to rant, <laughs> we can rant, but let's, let's try to get through as much as we can. Uh, and I, and I was thinking um, it's been a while because we've had a bunch of guests and, and everything. Let's start with some nonsense. Let's start with some mailbags, uh, some random questions, some different things. Uh, Matt, I want to, I'm going to let you kick it off. I want to, uh, well, first, I guess let's talk about our beers um, yeah. before we get too far. And then Matt's going to talk about a cool little beer math problem that we got from our friends over at baseball and whatever podcast. It's a good one. It's a good one. So I'll, really? I'll, I'll kick it off. So I've got deep orbit Antares. It's an Imperial stout made with peanut butter cookies. Oh. Um, my other half brewing. In New York City. The reason I'm drinking this 16% behemoth is because I'll be going to Other Half this weekend in New York City for their annual Pastry Town Beer Fest. Pastry Town, why do they call that, everyone? Because it's for pastry stouts. Pastry <laughs> stouts essentially means, well, just take a look at me. Um, for those of you uh, who can't see, um, there's about a, a, a chin and a half here. Um, it's the kind of beer that these people would drink. So what do you, what do you, donuts and like pop tarts and cookies and beer, just put them all together into one bottle it. We'll buy it, you know, potato chip, pretzel, peanut butter, cookie, frosting, brownie mix beer. Perfect. Sounds great. I'll drink it. So anyway, it's a whole weekend uh, dedicated to like 40 or 50 high profile brewers that bring their pastry souts and pastry sours to New York city for one wonderful afternoon in an abandoned warehouse with lots of beer. So basically you're getting all of your sugar intake for the rest of 2021 and all of 2022 in a matter of about four hours. Diabetes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it'll, it'll be, it'll be a little bit crazy. Uh, I'm already, you know, the logistics of the whole weekend and um, making sure I can safely do this. Uh, it, it's challenging. I, I, it'll be fun though. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So safely from a, from a, liver and a pancreas standpoint and safe from a uh transportation standpoint so look look i think i got it on lockdown i don't think i'll have to drive at all 
which will be nice. Sweet. Beautiful. Well, definitely looking forward to those stories next oh, week. Yeah. Those will be fun. I am drinking beer from my favorite brewery, uh, one of the first breweries that I ever came to down here in Charlotte, North Carolina, Legion Brewing. Uh, this is their Supernova. It's a sour. It's a, a blueberry pomegranate sour ale. Um, super tasty, super fresh. Uh, I know it's, well, actually, it's been super warm down in Charlotte. It's been about 75 and sunny every day this week. So definitely feels kind of like spring, early uh, or late fall, um, even well, it is late fall. And so uh, <laughs> been refreshing, pretty good. It's uh, it's definitely blue too. I, I can't tip it enough for people to see in the camera, but. Uh, Does your cup say Moo Brew? Oh yeah. So this is, this is Moon Brew. Uh, oh, this Moo is the Andrew. sponsor. Uh, yep. So this used to also be right down the street from our first apartment in Plaza Midwood in Charlotte, but it's from the uh, Charlotte Knights game. Ah, it's, it's a beer okay. mug from okay. the. Yeah, from the Knights, the AAA baseball team. Yeah, good call, Matt. Ethan, what do you got? I saw a little ha- amber hazy. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> so I also went local, or at least mostly local. Um, I got a beer from Two Silos Brewing in Manassas, Virginia. Um, it's called Mosaic Goat. Wow. And uh, it's an IPA. And it's not only Mosaic, despite the name of the beer. There's also El Dorado and Cashmere uh, hops in there. It's tasty. It's It's good. I, I didn't know anything about this brewery, but the beer had a decent rating on untapped and I wanted to do something local. And it's, you know, it's not like, it's not top tier, like some of the, um, uh, you know, like other halves and like Monkish and some of the other ones that like Matt has sent me over the years, but it's nice. It's, it's pretty good. So I like it. And can you tell everybody who's not watching what you're doing right now in case they're wondering if you're giving them what they want? Oh, I'm eating. Yes, I'm eating dinner. For all of our fans who love it when I eat dinner, I'm eating dinner. Uh, like, I don't know, I said it at the beginning, but in case people weren't totally listening, baked chicken, rice, and green beans. So, you know, and just let let us know. Give us feedback. Send us reviews. If you want to hear me chewing right up next to the microphone, if you're into that ASMR stuff, let me know. I got you. You know what I mean? So, there it is. I think I'm going to have to put in earplugs for that if people say <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, come on. Don't do that. Don't do that listening. We just lost all of our listeners right there. I was, it was uh, just a little taste. Just a little appetizer for people, uh, you know. Uh, and maybe, maybe we'll gain like twice as many listeners. I don't know. You know, exactly. You never know. The pervs of the internet. They oh, might no, come don't flying. Don't call them pervs. Maybe they just like chewing noises. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I shouldn't say perv. You know, they're not necessarily pervs. <laughs> well, well. before we go to the beer riddle, Colin, I do have other very depressing beer news. Depressing? Come yeah, on, we did so, depressing last week. We're well, to be... it's very depressing. A titan in the brewing industry has fallen. Bell's Brewing announced today one of the original large or you know craft brewers in the country now one of the largest one of the most well regarded their two hearted ale is by considered like the one of the best ipas in the country by beer nerds year in year out really good place up in kalamazoo michigan i've been lucky to visit a couple different times really neat place larry bell announced his retirement today and i should have known something was coming because they put on facebook that they were closing all their facilities today and tomorrow not only did he announce his retirement, he announced the sale of the brewery to the Kieran Group. Kieran being Kieran Ichiban out of Japan, also owners of New Belgium Brewing. So we have lost another independent stalwart of the craft brewing scene in the United States to an overseas buyer. Damn. Uh, so I for those of you who are kind of... 
<laughs> Belgium, Bells, uh, Heineken owns Lagunitas. Uh, and don't even get me started on the breweries owned by Miller and Bud. Devil's Backbone, right? Oh, I mean, Bud Budweiser's uh, group, I, f- I forget what they call it. They have some funky name for it now. It's up to like 15 or 16 pretty big regional craft brewers um, that we'll go into another time, Colin. I, I don't want to rant too much about that. We'll go into Big Beer's takeover of the little guys in, in, in the future. Yeah, that'd actually be a super interesting uh, thing to do a deep dive on. Yep. I can tell you strategies. I can tell you disappointing things. Yeah. But, Colin, do you want to intro this uh, this next part, or no? You want me to? Well, yeah, why don't you break it down? And while you're doing that, for the people who are watching, I'll pull up the image so you can actually see what we're talking about. But I figure you you got the breakdown. Go ahead. Yeah, so we got a, we got a mailbag question from our friend Greg, uh, Greg Probst, right? Uh, yes. And it was... Um, what do these beers have in common? Carlsberg, Alton Munster, Brower Beer, Lowenbrow, Red Stripe, Heineken, and Miller Highlight. So first, this was a tough one. I didn't get it till about an hour and a half ago. Because um, there's there's one obvious similarity, and that's, that's like, this can't be it. They're all they're all bottom uh, bottom fermenting, cold fermenting lager beers. Um, they use a, a lager yeast. Um, but that that can't be it, right? That that's too easy. So I started going down a, a couple of different paths. Um, you know, at one point, all of these brands have been owned by companies outside the United States. I was trying to figure out maybe maybe one company owned them all at one point. You know, because like Red Stripe and Heineken were together at one point. Um, you know, Miller was part of Miller High Life was part of the SAB Miller Group, which is South African Brewers. That's what SAB stands for. Everyone. Hmm. Um, you know, uh, you know, I was looking at stuff like age, like Miller High Life came out in like 1904. And I think I want to say Carlsberg came out in 1903. So I was like, maybe there's something there. But I really couldn't pin down what it was. Carl Carlsberg is Danish. Lovenbrow and Alta Munster are German. Red Stripe is obviously Japanese. Uh, Heineken is Dutch. And Miller High Life is from the United States. Um so again, no common, no common thing there. They're all, they're all fairly well-regarded beers, you know, as they've gotten older and more common, they've become kind of less well-regarded, but the, the, the thread I ended up pulling and the place I got lucky is there's one on that list I really never heard of, and it's Alton Munster, Alton Munster Brower Beer. And that's, I guess it's a really old brewery. It's one of the historic ones in Germany. So I just did some Googling and I was trying to figure out more about this beer and I stumbled across a clue, and that clue led me to start looking up everything else. Guys, I told you it's not a beer-related thing. They are all ready for it. Should I? Should I keep? I can keep talking, or I can give it away. They are all beers that have been drank by the illustrious James Bond. Oh, yes! There you go. That's wow. the one. And it was a Bond dog that talked about. He was handed that, and I think it was in uh, Octopussy. He was handed Alton Munster. I think was the, the 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 website I found. Yep, it was Octopussy. Is this what Greg meant? He was trying to do like some trivia. Is this what his aim was? So I, I think yeah. so because okay. yeah, nice it was, job, it was a good, one. good and work. Again, it was just because Alton Alton Munster. And I'm probably not even saying that right uh, for Alton our Munster. German fans. Everyone who's listening to us in Germany, please feel free to write in and correct us. Yeah, all of our German uh, listeners. We have a huge audience over in Germany. Dude, we have like seven people in Germany. Hallo, Deutschland. 
Sprackens say English. Uh, Sprackens say Deutsch. So, um, but uh, that's the one I started googling. That was the one I just never heard of. Um, yeah. So that was that was pretty cool. Dude, good then, work. That's hilarious. Yeah, it was awesome. It was pretty cool. I did not expect that to be the the common thread between them all, but very well done, guys. Yeah, um, nice I one, Greg. Think- I don't think you could have given us like enough clues that I would have ever. Oh, gotten. I never ever would have. Yeah, yeah. no fucking. And way. you were telling me you didn't want me to give it away earlier. Yeah, you wouldn't be at it. <laughs> well, Matt, I knew you would be the one to figure it out. So I'm I glad that you did. I got nervous. <laughs> I know. I was wondering. I was like, is he just saving it? Because like he didn't say anything. I sent it like in the afternoon or, or even late morning when we got it and didn't hear anything. And then about an hour before we were recording, he's like, Oh, I got it. And I was like, all right, here we go. We're good. We're good. <laughs> hey, Colin, you got an alarm button on your little pad here? Like a, an alarm going on? Yeah. Like a klaxon. No, no. Oh, get man. One? Well, Ethan, you should make up an alarm noise right now. <laughs> Guys, by the time this airs, it's going to most likely be 20 days until the Major League Baseball Players Association Union Players Association goes on strike. So, oh, uh, holy shit. Sorry, sorry I had to interject yeah. that. I wanted. I didn't tell Con I was going to do that. I wanted to do it randomly because it's probably going to happen. So, no, yeah. Uh, well, that's a good segue because we're probably going to – Are we? I don't know if we're talking about that tonight, but I'm sure we'll get into that yeah. over these, over these yeah. next few weeks. But, yeah, right. I have it on the, the rundown tonight if we want to get to it in, in more detail, but – I'll stop hijacking uh, your, your, your super super column. depressing super depressing so maybe we'll avoid it because we depressed people enough last week and uh, we'll save <laughs> it but it is on the rundown it is coming up um, and it's not looking good but we'll get to that in a second okay so we got um, we got the that mailbag done we've had a mailbag from cousin Greg now that I've been holding on to for a long time this should be pretty easy for everybody Um the mailbag question is, if you can only eat one meal every day for the rest of your life, what would it be? And if you can only watch one movie as if you can only watch one movie as the only thing you can watch for the rest of your life, what would it be? His meal, spaghetti and meatballs, his movie, The Godfather. Ooh. 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 This is good. Do we get like a second to think it over? We need to come up with some sort of something to do when we're thinking of over the answer Here. to the question. Yeah, I got, some, I got, some I got something. Music. I'll give you my answers, but I'll also, he sent me in addition to this, uh, you, you kind of got to hear this while you're thinking, but uh, career comparisons for the first 1,283 career games between Hank Aaron and Bryce Harper. Plate appearances, Aaron's got roughly 100 more. Home runs, uh, Aaron's got roughly 10 more, only 10 more, uh, runs. Um, Aaron's only got about 50 more and OPS is only about 20 points higher. Oh, I have and something they, to say. Sorry. you you got, there's more. They both have one MVP up to this point in their careers. So, wow. so, so here's what I want to say about that. Super interesting. Number one, but so I already finished, we've talked a couple of times on the podcast about, about the Joe Paz's new book, the baseball 100. I already finished that like days ago. Now in the, in the Hank Aaron bit, um, which was of course, wonderful. All of his essays in that book are amazing. I'm sure you guys have been enjoying what you've done so far. The thing with Hank Aaron, that is a fucking miracle is his consistency and his durability, his longevity, more than anybody in history. That's why he has all of these records. That's why he has like the most total bases of all. I think it's total bases. And I don't think it's even close. That's why he has, or well, had the most homers has depending on how you feel about bonds. 
um, the most RBIs, the most runs, all of these things. What's incredible, I might I might have the number slightly wrong. I think his career high in homers is like 47 or 44. Yeah, and I, like that. Yeah, and he hit 44 homers like several times, but that was like his high. He never hit 50 homers. Like most of the really, really great sluggers that we think of had at least one season where they hit 50 homers. Most of the all-time great home run hitters. Hank never did that, but he was so fucking good from the time he was like 21 years old and he was still like pretty fucking good. He wasn't amazing, but he was still good by the time he was like 44. When you do that shit for over 20 years, like you get those kind of numbers. So the fact that in the first decade, he and Bryce Harper are kind of close, that's not that surprising because Hank was just consistently really, really good. And he just did it for so long. The the way I would be shocked if Harper was to match him at all in terms of a career, because I just, it's hard to imagine anybody having that sort of longevity in, in the modern day, despite, despite our modern medicine and everything, but still super cool. Super cool. Yeah, th- thank you for the rant though, because cousin Greg likes to uh, use numbers. He's a math guy and he likes to use numbers to help his arguments uh, for things that, that he wants you to know about players and teams. <laughs> he did this with something about the Phillies and like they had, uh, they had like the same record at a certain point uh, for the first time since 2009. And it was like, they went to the world series in 2009. And then I was, I, the, it was like shortly after that, Corey Kluber pitched his no hitter. And I was like, the last time the Yankees pitched no hitter in a season, they won the World Series. Like, blah, blah, blah. Just <laughs> go back and forth. But yeah, um, yeah, he'll appreciate the rant. Um, my answer to his question, though, is pretty easy. Uh, my food would be Arcaro's Pizza from Scranton, Pennsylvania. And my movie would be, it'd be hard, but at the end of the day, I would go back to 61. Uh, the great uh, Yankee Roger Maris, Mickey Mantle film by Yankee fan legend Billy Crystal. Um, I, I just love that movie. Matt, do you have your answers or no? Uh, I, I ran out of the holster. I was going to say Mom's Lasagna for my food forever. Lisa Good Girl, mm. Lisa Root Lasagna. Maybe, though, a, 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 a charging in late would be Mom's Homemade Pizza with her homemade dough. Because you can, you can change the toppings on that, and you can get a little bit Well, of see, that. that's what I'm wondering, though. See, because I was going to say pizza also, but is that cheating to change the toppings? No, I'm, I'm going to say no. I'm, I'm going to say mom's pizza, because whatever's on the pizza is determined by what's in the fridge. So it's it's variable. So I'm going to say mom's pizza with homemade dough. And uh, I think I'm going to go to The Departed for my movie for the rest of my life. Um, wow. I, you know, I, I don't know. Just yeah, ensemble cast. A little bit of a little bit of romance, a little bit of intrigue, a little bit of crazy Leo, you know, wanting okay. to taking drugs and wanting to leave the country, you know, some death, some shooting, some detective work. Alec Baldwin, Mark Wahlberg. Hmm. <laughs> oh, and Matt Damon too. Nice, yeah, it's a stacked cast. And Martin Sheen. No. Um <laughs> so for me Jack Nicholas. So we literally we're Nicholson. all saying we're all saying pizza. Yeah, Nicholson. We're all saying pizza. So for me, my pizza choice is from Frank Pepe's. Frank Pepe's is a very famous pizzeria that originally started in New Haven, Connecticut in 1925. Um, There are now several locations, I think, throughout the Northeast, um, including one near my parents' home in in Central Connecticut in the Hartford area. Um, And it's incredible pizza. For those who don't know, like this tri-state area in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut has the best pizza, objectively speaking. There's no argument. Uh, it is the best. So if you disagree, you're just straight up wrong, and that's okay, you know? But, you know, that's just the way it is. Now, Frank Peppy specifically, though, during the summer, when it's tomato season, they do a fresh tomato pie, 
And what they do is they marinate chunks of, of, of fresh tomatoes in like a garlicky marinade. And then they put it on like their regular cheese pizza. And um, oh my God, dude, it's the fucking best thing ever. It's just, it's so good. And so one of the things about this style of pizza, Neapolitan style is what it's called. But like I've had Neapolitan pizza in different places throughout the country. Most places don't actually do it right. True, Neato- New, true Neapolitan pizza, if you get it like in New York and Connecticut and that kind of area, the crust is charred. It's black. It's not all completely black, but there's a lot of that char. And for the people in the know, like that shit's delicious. Like I'm all about that. Like it's so fucking good. So you have like the char on the crust. They have a, deli- you know, their sauce and the cheese they use obviously is delicious. Those fresh tomatoes. Oh, it's so good. Anyways, fresh garden, fresh garden tomato pizza from Frank Pepe's. Okay. Have it if you've never had it before next summer when it's back. Um, my movie would be the Mel Brooks classic Blazing Saddles, one of my favorites of all time. So, what what was that about the crust, Ethan? The crust, the crust, <laughs> charred, charred and delicious. I will I will say Philadelphia lays claim to the actual tomato pie, though the creation of the tomato pie. But here, oh, interesting, and it's similar to what they do in Utica. Utica does a, sim- a similar tomato pie. It's just it's just crust, olive oil tomato sauce and a little bit of parmesan sprinkle that sounds good too yeah i mean that does Um, sound tasty get your butt up here and we'll have some yeah yeah we'll do that 100 percent. wegman's wegman's actually sells a snack size like a single slice of it so every time i go to wegman's man is it good it's really good it is all right yeah i mean wegman's usually usually does good shit that was a um that was a fun uh question cousin greg when is he going to come on the fucking show Dude, he just won. Shout out! He just won a district champion. Oh, that's right! I, I saw, saw that. that. Congrats, Greg! Now. Fucking yeah. awesome, dude! Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, very, very cool. Yeah. yeah. So, For uh, those who Nate, don't know, Greg is a so- he coaches the soccer team at his middle school, right? Yeah, and then uh, they just he coaches the varsity team, though. He coaches the varsity team, and they just yeah. won their district title district. for the first time. Yes. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. Very, yeah absolutely. Very cool. Yeah, so speaking of shout-outs, we got a shout-out to Cousin Greg. I have to give a shout-out to the CEO, my my CEO, of oh, Snappy cool. Kraken, who oh, shouted yeah. out our podcast on our Slack channel last week. <laughs> Blew it up. That's uh, so uh, shout-out to all my Krakens, and especially that girl from Arizona, uh, Mary Rose. Uh, you had big win, uh, finally, for your Wildcats uh, this past weekend. I think they were... 0 and 20 over their last 20 games. <laughs> so yeah, huge, huge win there. Um, but those, those are my shout outs. I also have one last thing for nonsense, but do you guys have any shout outs that you want, want to get in real quick? Um, I'll, I'll shout out Joe Filio, who we've shouted out before podcast, super fan. I'll just shout him out because literally, literally every week I get a message from him uh, about, about the newest episode, his response to it. And it's, and it's always just very nice and very fun. So I'll, I'll give a shout out to Filio. I'm gonna give a I'm gonna give a non shout out to Toddy because she's complaining on <laughs> the Facebook page. She'll get more shout outs if she comes on the show. Yeah, seriously, how has she not been on this show yet? She'll get a mug out of it. She lives in the same goddamn house as one Put of the, the co-hosts. Right Put the mug right here. She gets so heated when she'll ask every week. She'll be like, "So what are you guys gonna talk about?" I was like, "Huh? Eh, you'll have to wait till you listen." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, "Really? You're not going to tell me?" I'm like, "No, I'm not." Uh, well, <laughs> if you're listening to this tomorrow or this morning, I should say, on your on your morning jog or workout, Toddy, come on the damn show. Yeah, God damn it. Talk about anything. Talk about <laughs> talk about your business. Talk about how much of a badass you are. Talk yeah, about- talk about fitness. I would love it if yeah. she just came and talked about like fitness and nutrition. That'd be super cool. Hell, you could talk about like your favorite 
style of French cheese, and I think it'd be cool. So I don't think she she doesn't like any cheese except for like mozzarella, right? Doesn't she only like like one kind of cheese? No, she doesn't like mozzarella. She oh, that's cheese. the one she she doesn't like. Ah, I got uh, it backwards. How do you All like right, mozzarella. Oh, dude, she's she's that. a fucking psycho. You know. <laughs> yeah. We knew this. Yeah. It's yeah. Terrible. Yeah. All right. I got I got one last thing from nonsense, and then we're gonna get into sports. Toddy and I, and as an extension, Tim, uh, Uncle Tim, because he, he lives. Now, why us. hasn't he been on the show uh, either? Jesus Uncle Christ. Uncle Joey. Uncle Tim doesn't even listen to the show. Okay. I so, don't care if he listens. He should still come on. No, 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 no. You have to be a listener. To <laughs> oh, be my God. Whatever. Yeah. All right. Keep going. By that logic, my mom should come on the show then. Yeah. Let's definitely have your mom on. We're, right. yeah, we're not we're not saying anybody can't come on. Yes. The, the, only, the only thing is you have to listen. Like, that's the stipulation. <laughs> she so, says thank I, you by the way anyway. she liked the shout outs for her cookies oh that's very sweet <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that's that's good feedback we love it um so the question is uh does ketchup belong in the fridge or just out in like your pantry cabinet or something like that um ketchup belongs in the garbage because it sucks that's my answer <laughs> So you guys can you guys can weigh in on that other question, but my my answer is in the fucking garbage. I say no to the fridge. I don't think it needs to be in the fridge. Um, Matt looks so pensive and thoughtful right now. Matt, this is just a silly question, dude. It's all right, dude. It's it's shelf stable. It's not refrigerated at the grocery store, but right, exactly. But after opening, when it's exposed to microbes, you should refrigerate it. What does it say on the bottles? Does it tell you to refrigerate after opening? No, I don't think so. Huh. Like like Frank's hot sauce doesn't because that's just like fucking you know, it's capsaicin and vinegar like it's, right. you know. But but I think I mean I, I know I mean t- tomatoes are acidic. So there it, it may be a fine, but I'm I'm going to say like like I don't know. So we got fridge, no fridge and garbage. Put it in the fridge. Yeah, well, then we definitely need to make a poll. We, we, we got a nice to, split. Yeah, we, we need someone to break this tie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, start doing Twitter polls for these like random ass questions. Yep, yep. That would actually well, be this fun. is this is why it's nonsense because it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Oh, but this but, is fun though. I love talking about this shit. Who oh, who came, who well, came up well, with that well, one? Yeah, good, good point. You guys. Oh, you, you guys, did. Nice. Restaurant industry right. workers, like lots of restaurants, just leave it right on the right on the yeah. table. But they yeah, also have like. I told Toddy that they have like the. Don't you have like the ketchup exchange machine? Like my brother talked about when he was a busboy, like you would take the ketchup at the end of the night and like, mm-hmm. screw yeah, you'd, you'd have to like, put in like the fresh bags and, and shit. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe not, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. That's exactly what I told Toddy. That's where I got it from. Yeah. You never yeah. put ketchup in the fridge at restaurants. That's right. Yeah. Ever. And everyone is alive and doing well. Well, yep. doing well, I guess is. Yeah. Stress. <laughs> doing well, right. That's a, yeah. okay, that's okay. a stretch. <laughs> Qualifier. Heinz says refrigeration will maintain best product quality after opening. Okay. All right. This is interesting. That comes from the ketchup gurus. Uh huh. Still not changing my vote. No. Still not changing it. All right. We have a three way split. Three way split leading us into let's talk about baseball. I have so much on here. So maybe we do have to do a rapid fire uh, to, to get through as much as possible. But we never fucking talked about the world series <laughs> that's right <laughs> the world series is over and the astros lost much to our appreciation thank yeah. you yeah hit the, hit the round of yes. applause yeah, yeah. Applause, applause applause applause, applause. 
turn the key. Take that yeah, girlfriend. Turn the Sorry. key. Yes, yes. Shout out to Scrubs. There we go. Um, so I listen to uh, to Joe Paz and Michael Schur talk about the World Series, and I tend to agree that for the most part, it was pretty uh, underwhelming as a yeah. series goes. Uh, but there are some moments that I picked out that I thought could be interesting to talk about, and I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on them. So I'm going to throw some things at you. Uh, we'll start with the World Series, and then we'll just get into some more baseball because there's, even though it's the off season, there's a lot going on. Um, the first topic I want to bring up is Ian Anderson, uh, who started, I believe it was Game Four of the World Series with the Braves up two games to one at the time, and uh, he was pitching really well, pitching a no hitter through the first five innings in Atlanta when he was taken out of the game a game that Atlanta eventually won no problems two nothing nice little shutout uh but the uproar was over not giving him an opportunity to keep the no hitter going and like not using starting pitching the, the way that it's intended to be used my whole thinking around this and maybe you guys agree maybe you don't is when it's october and you have a chance to step on someone's throat, you do it. And the Braves clearly had an advantage with their bullpen. I think even before being able to reflect on all this like we can now, I think that was very clear. And I think their manager knew that. I think the team knew that. So I think if you asked anyone in Atlanta clubhouse, if they were cool with him taking out the starter, no one would have blinked an eye. It was just the media trying to make a big story out of nothing. And Obviously, it worked out for the Braves, but I, I don't see any problem with it. I don't I don't buy the argument that it's not using starting pitching the way that it's intended. Starting pitching is what it is these days. You're not going to go through a lineup three times. Well, like well, you're just you know what you're the just not. Said. What did he? What did what did, what did Ian say? Did he I think care? Ian was fine with it. Yeah. So, well, yeah. So and who cares? Kind of... what, who cares at the end of the day? He he's not making the decisions. The manager is. Like we talk about this all the time. Like what, what value do managers actually have? This is, this is where like their decisions actually matter. Like if, if he asks Ian Anderson in the game, do you want to keep going? Cause you have a no hitter. Like obviously Ian Anderson's going to say yes, but what's in the best interest of the team, get that bullpen in step on their throats. They took a three, one lead in the series and they won two, two games later. So We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I pretty much agree. I mean, I... I understand the people who are bummed about starting pitching uh, and how it's used nowadays. Um, and I don't think that's the media just making that up because I do think there's a large percentage of baseball fans who are, who are bothered by it. Um, and I understand that like those, those who have listened to this have maybe heard me say, um, you know, partially because like I was a pitcher when I used to play as a kid, like I love pitchers. I love pitching. Um, I respect great pitchers. I love watching pitchers duels. And so, and, and then the baseball history lover in me really misses those days when you have these like legendary pitchers throwing these World Series games, throwing eight innings, throwing nine innings, whatever. But what we have to accept is that that is just not the game anymore, period. End of story. Like, just get over it. It's, it's, this is not something that's new to this year. This has been trending for years and years, and it has been like pretty significantly different for several years now. This isn't, this isn't new at all. Um, it's just, it's just not the same anymore. Um, and Colin, you nailed it on the head. There are, there is extensive data at this point about the numbers that a lineup has each time they face a pitcher. And the third time through a lineup, the fourth time through a lineup, the, the numbers are consistent. Like the hitters, they have seen the pitches enough. They know the pitchers stuff enough that they just, they start fucking hitting like the offense jumps. And so, yeah, especially in the World Series, like you're not going to take that chance. It doesn't matter if it's a no hitter. You're going to take that person out. You're not going to allow the chance of the third time through the lineup, period. That's just it. Um, and so I get it. Like a no hitter in the World Series. How fun. Like amazing. It would be amazing. But also, I'm sure the Braves have tons of fucking data. And I'm sure they have Ian Anderson's specific data about his success on the third time through the lineup. And I'm sure that it was such that they said no hitter or not. He's coming out. We have a chance to go up 3-1 in the fucking World Series. So that's it. It's a no-brainer, you know? Matthew? Yeah. Uh, I kind of zoned out when he said Ian Anderson, and I started thinking about Jethro Tull. So, uh, <laughs> Ian yeah, Anderson guys- was the lead singer and flutist for the classic rock band Jethro Tull. Yes. For those who don't know. Um, so, yeah, you guys are right. Um, I mean, I'd love to see another, you know, World Series no hitter or perfect game, but I think that's not going to happen anymore. I think it's I think it's over. Um, you're not going to see dominant starting pitchers anymore. We're seeing the last gasp of those with uh, the Verlander and Scherzer, yeah, yeah. and, the, and Kershaw is now an old man. Yeah, Cole to a certain extent. I think we'll still see some of those kind of outings from Cole. Yeah, I mean he had one this past year against the Astros, I believe. The Astros, yeah, where he was like, "You're not fucking Complete taking game. me out." Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So another World mm-hmm. Series uh, feat that happened, and it may be the very last time we ever see it in the sport, at least in Major League Baseball. Our friend uh, Zach Greinke uh, possibly yeah. got the last hit yes. by a pitcher uh, in the pitcher hitting era. Uh, there will obviously be scenarios where a pitcher may hit in the future. Um, but the National League uh, CBA notwithstanding, 
and all that drama is probably going, we're probably moving to universal DH. Um, I thought it was awesome that Granky got the hit, but I think what the exclamation point on all of this was a couple nights or a night later, whenever it was when Solar uh, hit that, that big Homer in game six, that basically put the yeah, end to the series bomb. and Solar was the DH, you know, for the, for the Braves. And I, I mean, like, Come on, ten times out of ten, you ask these these teams, do you want Solar up? Or do you want Zach Greinke up? Well, I mean, it makes for a, a fun story in some ways with with Granky. Only uh, with Granky though. There are very yeah. few. Granky loves hitting, and he's like a really good hitting pitcher. But the vast majority can't fucking hit, and yeah, yeah it's stupid. Wait, it, wait, wait. Yes, Shohei Otani. Okay, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, don't forget it, that there have okay. Yeah, two people in the last hundred and twenty years. Mad so, <laughs> Mad Bum, Who? Mad Bum, Mad Bum, Mad but, Bar- yeah, Bumgarner. yeah. There are yeah, no, I know there are yeah, there are some pitchers who are decent hitters. You're not about to have Mad Bum as a full time hitter. You're not about to have Granky as a full time hitter. Nah, it's long overdue. Getting the DH in there, getting rid of pitchers hitting. Um, seeing Granky hit is super fun because he's it's well known. It's like famous that he loves hitting. And those were fucking rockets too. Like yeah. I saw him get a couple of hits. Like they were beautiful. He got like over a hundred miles an hour, like exit velo on these like fucking line drives. It was awesome. But he yeah. is, he is by far like tiny, tiny minority. And so it's insane. I mean, there's a reason that for our entire lives, at least Colin and I have been referring to the national league as quadruple a because they have an eight person lineup as opposed to a fucking nine person lineup in the AL. Like, like it's just, it's anti, it's like anti-competitive in a way. Like, well, I mean, Imagine, imagine the Red Sox of the uh, 2000 era, where nope, you don't get David Ortiz, you get right. Pedro Martinez with a bat. Yeah, like yeah, Tim like, Wakefield. Ugh, yeah, I don't want to see that. Ugh, yeah, ugh. it's like, fucking stupid. As much as I fucking hated seeing David Ortiz in the box because it most likely meant he's going to hit a home run against the Yankees. Like, <laughs> that's way better baseball. That's yeah. way better. Yep. Yeah. And absolutely. from the union standpoint, it's. <clears throat> What Another fifteen extra line. jobs? Yeah, it's one more person, which is perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. fifteen yeah. extra jobs. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, um, pretty pretty cool. But uh, I think we've we've seen the end uh, finally. Uh, and a couple things uh, with the World Series. So, did, did you guys see the what what the WTA, WTF stat uh, on the Braves? Uh, or am I breaking this to you? Okay. Uh, so, in the year that Hank Aaron passed, uh, the aforementioned Hank Aaron. The Braves won 44 games before the All-Star break, 44 games after the All-Star break, and won the World Series on the 44th week of the year. Mr. Hank Aaron also wore number 44. That's amazing. Crazy. Crazy. Dude, some of the coincidences in life are just truly insane. Like, I'm not good enough at math to, like, tell. Maybe Cousin Greg is. But, like, what is the fucking percentage chance of something like that happening? You know what I mean? That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. And uh, I wanted to bring up uh, last thing on the World Series. So we had talked about a couple episodes ago, 80 win teams. Uh, this is not unprecedented for them to be able to win the World Series. Uh, they have now become the fifth team in Major League Baseball history to do that. Uh, we miss we overlooked the 2014 Giants who had 88 wins in the regular seasons. In the regular season. So we had the Giants, we had the Yankees from 2000 with 87 wins. Uh, and then the Braves are the third team uh, this century. So, excuse me, this this is going to be the fourth game. 
our fourth team. Uh, the first team to do it was the 1987 Twins. They won 85 games. And to give you context, and this could be another to- topic that we talk about, uh, and I know we, we've all talked about it before, but how fucking stupid the divisions are. Uh, the Yankees, for example, won 89 games that year and finished in second place in the East to the Blue Jays, I believe, uh, who won the East that year. Uh, and the Twins obviously won their division with less wins and then won the World Series. And it just goes to show you that, like, with this division set up, and I don't know how to do the scheduling and, you know, kind of balance it out more and everything, but there's got to be a better way to figure out, like, who actually is a good team and doesn't get, you know, red hot uh, in the playoffs. I'm not saying the Braves aren't deserving and some of those other teams aren't, aren't deserving, but, um, man, it, it just – it makes you think like, what's the regular season for if, uh, yeah. you know, the, oh, the, the Cardinals. So there, there was five teams we we did identify. Uh, this is the fifth team. Now I'm remembering that uh, the Cardinals from 2011. So 2011 Cardinals, 2000 Yankees, 2014 Giants, 2021 Braves, and then the 1987 Twins, all 80 win teams in the regular season, only 80 win teams in the regular season to win the World Series. Yeah, and when you say 80 win, just to clarify for people, less than 90 wins. Like the, they, these guys did not actually win 80 games. They it was in the 80s. Yes. Just to clarify. And I want to. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say it's super rare, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I want to chime in really quickly on the division thing. I know we can go deeply into this, but just really quickly, it's fucking stupid because. Like you're talking about, if somebody is second or third in their division, even if they have an amazing year, like this year, the Dodgers won 106 games, which is ridiculous, but they were second in their division because the Giants were one game more ridiculously good. Okay. And so the Dodgers had to go and play a fucking wild card game, which is insane. Now, the whole division thing, I get that like baseball is trying to get these kind of division rivalries and all this kind of thing. Who... I don't think that it's actually that effective. I don't think division rivalries are that big of a deal. I don't think people give a fuck. I think if you got rid of the divisions, you will still have regional rivalries, which is what the division ends up doing anyways. So I think yeah, that but the it division- forces the Yankees to play the Rays and the Red Sox 18 times a year. That's true. Yeah. I guess I just, to me, it's just insane. Like to me, sports should be like a meritocracy. And so if you're going to have like four or five teams make the playoffs, it needs to be the four or five teams that have the best records, period. I don't, like, get get rid of the fucking divisional thing. I, I just, it's stupid to me. Also, maybe I don't want to play the Rays 18 times a year because they fucking <laughs> whip our good. ass every year. <laughs> exactly, because they own us. Anyways, yeah, we can talk more about that another time, they, but yeah. They I'm were not designed in the lab specifically to beat the New York Yankees. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, what the fuck? Every year. Fucking I shit. think you guys are giving way too much credit to the frauds that we call the Rays. We're going to have to, okay, not right now, but we're going to look up the record. We can take credit away when we start beating them. We're going to look up the regular season record between those two teams for the last several years. We'll do that, not right now. Who cares? Have they ever won a World Series? Okay. Doesn't matter. Yeah. They've they've won, uh, like, just as many pennants as us in the last, uh, like, 14 years, haven't they? Yeah. Which is one. They've been in, in, in more World Series than we have since 2005. Yeah. Okay. So you guys are sounding like cousin Greg now. (laughs) Just taking the stats and making them (laughs) figure argument. (laughs) All right. How many World Series do they have? Zero. Zero. Thank you. End of story. But that's not what we're talking. We're talking about the the, how they are good against the Yankees. That's what we were talking about. Anyways, whatever. Continue. Continue. All right. Well, let's let's talk about some more New York uh, stuff. What the fuck is going on with the Mets? Uh. I, I know Matt has. Um, 
the story. So the whole Lindor and McNeil story from oh. over the summer, uh, it came Ethan out that I, I don't know. Was, Ethan was looks a rat <laughs> Yeah, there, there was like a, a thing in the in the in the hall in the or, tunnel. The, the tunnel, yeah, of between the uh, dugout and the clubhouse. And afterward, the Mets came out with a statement saying it was a rat or a raccoon uh, in there, and they were they were all you know scared by it. Turns out that Lindor and McNeil were uh, Lindor grabbed McNeil by the throat. <laughs> Lindor choked McNeil. Yeah. Wait, who's McNeil? An outfielder on the Mets, Jeff McNeil. He choked him. Was was the second baseman though before oh. they got uh, Baez? Wait, what is what does him choking him have to do with like the rodent in the tunnel? No, there was there no, rodent. no rodent. Earth to Ethan. There was <laughs> okay. no rodent. The how was I, su- how was I supposed to how was I supposed to know this? <laughs> Nobody fucking clarified. They were fighting. Yeah, well that was not stated. Okay, so, maybe, maybe I didn't make it clear, but the the rat raccoon story was fake. Totally was made up, up because Lindor and McNeil got in a huge fight. Yes. Yes. And good old so we have we have that smile, Frankie Lindor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Your boy from Cleveland. Uh, and so we have that, the and then him. and then we have the Mets have interviewed. Probably, I mean, have you guys gotten an interview request for their general manager? I position? actually just got a text right before the podcast <laughs> we started. Slotted in after yeah. Bobby Valentine, and right before the uh, the the ghost of Yogi Berra. <laughs> 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 Shouldn't they just hire Beltran back? Like it's been a year. Just hire Beltran. Yeah, why not? Like, well, no, they, like, they abs- like they absolutely should. Like the, the Red Tigers Sox hired Cora. Had no shame. Yeah, exactly. The the Mets should hire Beltran. Like, well, I that only that only covers their manager. We're we're talking about a GM job that keeps getting turned down by every executive. Oh, is this a thing? I didn't know about this. Okay. Oh yeah, the the Yankees. That's uh, hilarious. GM Gene Afterman, she turned him down. Really? Uh, for, for an interview request? Yeah, I mean, like so many people inside the industry, they're going for names that nobody wants to go work for of. Steve Cohen. He's a fucking piece of shit. He's a piece of shit. The Mets are a fucking laughing stock. I think yeah. it's hilarious. I don't feel yeah. bad for any of my friends who are Mets fans. You can yeah. don't you can't defend this. It's like so you're saying they, that they, that job stinks worse than Gary's ability to block balls behind the plate. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> and that's pretty stinky. Yeah, that's very stinky. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize the GM had so many uh so many problems as well. I just knew that they were they couldn't get anyone in the manager job either. That's why I uh, man, brought up Bobby really Valentine. Funny. Yep. Failed yeah, politician Bobby Valentine. It's a mess. Wait, do it's they so mess. wait, do they have a manager lined up for next year? Or was I making okay, so whoever managed this year is out. Rojas. Ooh. Okay. I, I don't even know who that is. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, it's it is crazy though to see like Lindor, like how how bad he was this year. There was an article, I can't remember who wrote it, that I read earlier this season about how this has been a thing and I can't remember all of the names and the numbers, but like this has happened a bunch of times in recent years where like these really great players go to the Mets and all of a sudden there are like uh, uh clubhouse problems, right? Like Lindor fucking choking out a teammate and then they, and then like them starting to suck and everything like this. And uh I don't know. It's the Mets are fucking cursed somehow. I don't was, know. Was Yoannis on that list? Cause he's the other big one I can think of right now. Oh, like, he might've been. I'm thinking of Javi Baez. Break my ankle. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause Baez, they traded for Baez. Was it this year? Right. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, and we, everybody was like excited. Ooh, Lindor Baez. What a super cool, like middle infield, but that did not pan out. 
yeah. um they're yeah. stuck the funniest thing is they're stuck with lindor and robbie For like cano. 12 years and, and robbie. robbie cano <laughs> yeah yep oh my god the fucking mets holy shit <laughs> so good so good all right what do you guys think about bob melvin leaving the athletics and going to the padres we've again we've we've alluded to we're unsure of the impact that a manager actually has on a major league ball club. Uh, but I, I, I get a sense that the Yankees were lying when they said that Aaron Boone would have been that hottest name on the market. <laughs> if they let him go. I think Bob Melvin is very well respected. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's got a good baseball mind. I think he works well with the analytical team. And I think obviously based on some of the drama that happened in San Diego last year, that they were in need of uh, a little bit more of a firm uh, type of leadership. And so I think it's a great move. I still do wonder about their roster. Like, is it deep enough? Can they avoid the injuries? Like they're in a tough division. I mean, the the giants are probably going to come down uh, pretty significantly because they're only getting older, Um, but the Dodgers aren't going anywhere. And and I do wonder like, you know, can the Padres actually make a push, but I thought that was a good move by them, you know, being able to, to take him from Oakland where I think by all accounts, he was really happy. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, he's been there for years at this yeah. point. I mean, he's like, been there a long time. Like he's had the equivalent of like the dust bunnies and scraps of food that you like sweep <laughs> up from the underneath your sofa after six months. And now he can go and fucking manage Fernando Tatis. Yes, yeah, I mean he's he's had that. In the A's are fucking competitive every year. Yeah, every year. And the years that you like, oh man, the A's are in fourth place this year. Just wait till August; they're going to win twenty five out of twenty eight games. <laughs> they're back in the race every yeah. fucking year. Oh, damn it! Yeah. Those small market teams really get to you, Matt. I just, well, yeah. <laughs> I think that's awesome. I actually didn't even see about this because clearly I have not been paying attention to sports news that much in the last couple of weeks. But I think that's awesome. I'm surprised because Melvin has been with the A's for a long time, <clears throat> and the A's have been consistently good. I got. I mean, I'd be curious to see whether Billy Bean like actually was okay with letting him go, or if Billy Bean tried to keep him, but the Padres just had more money. But I could see Melvin just like kind of what you're saying, um, uh, Matt. Like I could see Melvin just being like, "Damn, these Padres are so fucking talented." Like yeah. a change of scenery, San Diego. Like these young superstars. Like that sounds pretty fun. Um, it'll be really cool to see. It'll be really cool to see what happens if that makes a big difference. And this will be really interesting. I mean, it's only still too small of a sample size to to take any great judgments away but obviously we have now at this point on the show we've talked about our feelings on the influence of the manager we've talked about this a bunch and and we we can't know right we can't know we're just speculating all the time but it'll be really interesting to see i mean will will the padres all of a sudden meet people's expectations will they win 95 100 games next year you know that kind of thing which is what we kind of expected this year um and 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 if they do how much of that is due to melvin of course we don't know but it'll be it'll be super interesting to see yeah i guess i didn't realize they had a losing record this year yeah they got hot for a little while and they were in the race and then they just fell they fucking fell apart towards the end and that's when people were like okay tingler's gone like yeah that's that yeah he was the scapegoat yep yeah i mean they had a lot of injuries not just tatis a lot of injuries this year they've got like three or four legit number one starters I mean, between you've got you, Darvish. Yeah, although I don't think Darvish or Snell pitched up to their expectations. Oh, so you this got year. Darvish and Snell. You've got uh, Mike Clevenger coming out of Cleveland. Remember the whole COVID Cleveland issues? He was 
on a rocket to the moon in Cleveland. And then uh, what, Joe Musgrove? Like, you've got between yeah. those four arms, that's okay. If you can't, if you want to say they're not number one arms, they're number two arms. You've got four number really, one or number really two arms. Really solid arms. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and they got they before they fired uh, Tingler, they they let go of Larry Rothschild in the middle of the season. So, you know, you'd, you'd have to think that pitching obviously was was something that they felt they were falling a little bit short. And it'll be interesting to see if they go like the Yankee route and go a little bit more analytical. Yeah, um, with that Blake approach. baby, Matt Blake. Yep. yep. Yeah. The only the only good coach on the Yankees, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh... <laughs> All right, a uh, couple uh, retirements to talk about. Well, this is a possible retirement. Um, Clayton Kershaw uh, is no. reportedly pondering no. retirement. Isn't he only like 34? 34. Yeah, a lot, a lot of Kofax similarities. Yeah, a lot Back of Kofax similarities. Yep, yep. Um, as if there weren't already enough similarities. But between them, uh, I would be super bummed. Um, well, I... I I don't know if, if he's going back to LA if he you know comes back, but I, I don't know. I, well, I, well, think about it this way: so the Dodgers signing Andrew Heaney means <laughs> that they're not. I mean that that's got to be a pretty damning thing. Like, well, maybe we're not getting Kershaw back if yeah. they're going to sign Andrew fucking Heaney. Mm-hmm. But what you just said put this in my mind: what if he signs with the Angels? That actually probably would make the most sense to me right now. Uh, they're going to be spending to try and make sure that they maximize their Trout Otani window. They, yeah. they brought in Rodon, right? Rod- Rodon, Carlos Rodon, uh, yeah. uh, Anthony Ren- Anthony Rendon, Rendon, Anthony Rendon. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, sucks. they're they're willing to spend. They they went after Madden. Like maybe that does happen. Yeah, and they've said that pitching is their priority. Pitching. Yeah. It was they had four things: pitching, more pitching, more pitching, and a shortstop. <laughs> that was the, <laughs> that was what I saw the other day. <laughs> So that that would be super interesting. Uh, I really hope he does pitch. I, I I had no idea that like this was even a possibility. So it's yeah. like kind of sad to think that like I just typical American. I just took him for granted, and mm-hmm. uh, it would be really sad if he doesn't come back. Yeah, it would be really sad. But he's he's got to do what's best for him. And if you know if he decides it's time to hang him up, then like you know all power to him. But yeah, it would be sad just as a baseball fan. He's if, so wonderful. If he does hang it up, we can debate on a future episode, Hall of Fame credentials or not. Oh, he's absolutely a Hall of Famer. I think so, too. Yeah, it's, it's no question. Because no there's another person I'll bring up later who is absolutely a Hall of Famer that I don't know. Like, Well, that's that's who we're going to next is uh, Mr. Buster Posey. <laughs> <laughs> yes. it, okay. We didn't talk yes. about that one. Yes. Uh, Posey, Posey officially did retire uh, last week, uh, hanging him up, leaving about $22 million on the table. Um, just, you know, had enough. And, uh, I did want to talk about the comps, um, to some other catchers, but, uh, before we talk about that, I mean, obviously great player meant a ton to that city, to that organization. I mean, what you'd want out of your catcher, just someone who is reliable, uh, gets big hits, calls a good game, seems like a good person, like, you know, definitely Definitely everything you could want out of a catcher reminds me a lot of Jorge Posada, who we're going to make a comp for here in just a minute. But um, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts and, and I'll let you take it. Ethan, you want to go first? Uh, sure. Yeah. No, I think he's a Hall of Famer. Um, so in Matt's face, um, <laughs> here's the thing. 
I think that there is a there is a leftover sort of um, narrative with the Hall of Fame that has just been around for years and years and years forever, basically for all baseball history. And essentially, the one guarantee to get into the Hall of Fame has been counting stats, which is to say, staying around the league long enough to get 3000 hits, 500 homers, uh, uh, have a lifetime uh, uh, 300 batting average, whatever. Um, uh, if, if you're a pitcher, th- uh, 300 wins or, or 3000 strikeouts, these kind of big counting stats, Never mind the fact that you're like fucking garbage for the last five or seven or eight years of your career. If you reach those numbers, then you're a hall of famer. Posey is retiring while he's still good, while he's still young. His prime matches up with like all of the best, uh, catchers. Maybe not like your Johnny benches. Cause Johnny benches, he's on his own level, but like, He's an absolutely great player, and I think we need to get away with we need to get away from this whole idea that it's all about the fucking counting stats. Fuck the counting stats. There are a lot of people who have like hit those numbers who were not as good consistently across their career as lots of people who played shorter careers. Sandy Koufax, for instance, granted he was so dominant he got in, but like if people were totally obsessed with the counting numbers, Koufax would have never gotten in. It's fucking stupid. Matt, Matt, can I can I give some of the stats Go Colin, before, Go Colin. before you get into it? Okay. And I, I want to say, I do think Posey's a Hall of Famer, but these these will really make you think, Ethan. Like, really make you think. Oh, okay, I know so, there are some other comps, and I'm into them too. Like Thurman Munson, for instance. Yeah, yeah. So we'll get to Munson in a second. So Buster Posey, uh, lifetime slash 302, 372, 460, Rookie of the Year, MVP, seven All-Star appearances as a catcher, three World, champ- world Championships. Let's talk about Munson first, or let me talk let me give some stats uh munson uh played in more games um same amount of seasons though i believe uh had more plate appearances scored more runs had more hits uh had a high uh yeah had a higher war and i think the only thing he was lower in was win probability in these big stats for analytical stuff. The Jorge Posada comp though is one that's really interesting to me. So Posada's lifetime slash is 273, 374, 474. He made it to five all-star games, five silver, silver slugger awards, four world series championships. So Posey had the MVP had the batting title, higher batting average. Um, but here's here's what, what to consider when, when comparing the two. Posey's career high in games caught was 123 in his age 29 season. Posada averaged 136 games caught between age 29 and 36. Posey played in 58 career postseason games. Posada played 125 career postseason games. Just some food for thought. I think Posada and Munson are both like extremely strong cases for the Hall of Fame. So, I mean, I don't, both know, are I don't, off the I don't know what Posada is. Yeah. Uh, and he's talking about counting stats. Like, uh, I don't know. Posada played five more seasons than, than Posey. And... Yeah. And let me, do you want me to read off his war in his last few seasons? Like, yeah, pretty bad. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know why we glorify this. It's one thing if you're Hank Aaron and you're still like really productive yeah, then, at the end of your career. None of those stats that I gave, though, 
were in those. Oh, seasons. that's true. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. And and those are all good. And I and like I said, I like Posada. But just to give you an example, I'm looking at it right now. Posada's 162 game average for his WAR is 3.8, very solid. Munson's is 5.2. Posey's is 5.3. Now five for those who don't know, five to six WAR in a season is All Star level. Seven to eight WAR in a season is MVP level. So we're talking Posey and Munson both had shorter careers. Posey obviously voluntarily, Munson obviously died in a plane crash. But like the fact that Posey and Munson averaged over five WAR in a 162 game average for their career. That speaks really highly. Like when you're talking about 10 seasons or more or whatever it is in their numbers close to that, and you're like consistently all-star level, that's really impressive. And I, and I, I think we need to start to recognize that and understand that like we can, we can recognize that greatness and be really cool with it. And then we can also recognize the greatness of longevity. They can be two separate things and we can, we can accept them both and appreciate them both. It doesn't need to be one or the other, in my opinion. I don't know. I think when you look at a, a full career, I mean, I can I can cherry pick eight good seasons from a lot of people, but if they didn't put a great career together, they don't belong in the Hall of Fame. Um, and and to see only you know forty five career WAR out of Posey, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he did a lot of things really well. The All-Star, so what do you think about what do you think about Posada and Munson? I don't think Posada deserves to go. I do think okay because they're about the same. Um, I, I would make a case for Munson. Okay, Munson has about Munson and Posada both have about the same war. Just so you yeah. know, yeah. But Munson played same seasons. See, but you if you take Posada off the Yankees, does the general baseball fan feel the same way? Probably about not. Posada, right? They're gonna feel. I feel like they're gonna feel more like Posey. They do for Posey. They they just assume that the Yankees have all these great catchers all the time when. I mean, we we've had like some decent fill-ins since Posada, you know, started not yeah. playing well, but, but nobody, nobody, nobody who gave us the consistency that Posada did over, you know, that eight-year span long career. Was. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, what yeah. I'll say, Posey is so much stronger than Posada is defensively. Um, even even when you look at don't 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 look at Posada's last five seasons where he had negative DWAR. Yeah. Um, he was actually he was okay for most of his career though. I'm looking at it. He was actually he was okay. He was okay. He was solid. But, he was solid. but Posey was better. Posey yeah. was a lot better. Um but I mean I don't know. The only the only person I think right now who, who's active who's a, a lock for the Hall of Fame as, as a catcher is is Yachty. Okay. Um, and now so but here's what's weird about that to me. Now that doesn't make any sense. I'm looking right now. Yachty's career war, 42.1. It's fucking less, okay? There's just this narrative with Yachty, partially because Cardinals fans are the worst and they just, like, jack themselves off all the time or whatever it is, okay? And granted, Yachty is amazing defensively. He's a legend defensively, okay? He is a career 733 OPS hitter, a career 97 OPS plus. For those who don't know, OPS plus basically is a, is a good general gauge of your overall hitting and 100 means that you're an average hitter above 100 means you're above average well, the higher the better Ethan, below 100 take... means below average and yadi molina is a 97 ops plus for his career he is a below average hitter legendary defensively below average hitter posey take, is very good at both take phil rizzuto and ozzy smith out of the hall of fame too i'm not saying to take them out I'm just saying, if you're gonna if you're gonna point to that, I'm just he, saying saying that Yachty is like a shoe in and Posey is like borderline is is not logical. It doesn't make any sense. It's stupid. But but Yachty, I mean, he is nine nine gold gloves. Like, I don't give a fuck. 
Gold gloves are subjective. And, dude, you want to talk about gold gloves? Derek Jeter Jeter, won several gold gloves, and he's the worst defensive player in history. The worst defensive player in history. Yeah. Gold gloves are garbage. Fucking forget about gold gloves. Sports writers don't know what they're talking about when it comes to defense. Considered the best defensive catcher of our. They are only just starting to learn about how to evaluate defense. Sports writers are idiots. No, don't. I'm not disagreeing. Yachty is amazing at defense, but like I'm just saying, the fact just just calling him a shoe in over like. But he he nearly he nearly triples Posey's defensive war. Yeah, that's great. And and what about his offensive war? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, <laughs> and if we look at like 162 game average of offensive war, like I wonder, I'm gonna look, I'm gonna look it up. So for for Molina, 2.2 his hun- two point two. Okay, so more than double. Thank you very much. So they basically balance each other out based on your arguments. Okay, which is fine. I'm not saying that. I think both of them should go in. I think you have you have a defensive magician in Molina, and just like with Ozzy Smith, that should be recognized. That's amazing. Put him in the hall. Posey, really, really good in both ways. Played an important role on World Series teams, beloved by teammates. Like catching is really hard, and he's been really, really good consistently. I, I feel like we we should embrace both of those, in my opinion. So, anyways, <laughs> Ethan, Ethan, you know what just happened to you? What? Valedict. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he tried to valedict me, but like, come on, the numbers, the numbers are on my side here. Okay, cousin Greg. <laughs> By the way, I want to just I want to chime in really quickly. So Matt and I are both like looking up numbers right now and everything, and we're going back and forth between pages on Baseball Reference. Now, for me to look up Buster Posey, I've just been typing in his last name Posey. There are two people who come up in the Baseball Reference sh- uh, search for Posey: Buster Posey and a player who played from 1929 to 1935. His name was Cum Posey. C U M C U M Cum Posey. <laughs> my favorite, my new favorite player. <laughs> Come Posey. Dude, we have to do this in a future pod, like during the, like when the off season is really like annoying and uh, boring. We need to do an episode where we talk about all of the baseball players from like the late 1800s and the early 1900s because they had the best fucking names. They're insane. We have to do an episode about (laughs) that. Trapper McGee. Like they're just, they're so fucking good. Yeah. Yeah. We'll definitely have plenty of time because as we've alluded to, and we're not going to talk about it today, but we do have a, a, a looming CBA that will expire on December 1st. And it looks like we're headed for a long lockout, uh, which is not good for anybody, but uh, boys, I I think we've covered a lot of ground today. Uh, Any, any last words, any parting shots before we get out of here? Okay. Okay. I got two. I got two. Paris St. Germain. They had a player breaking news today. I don't remember her name, but they pulled a Tanya Harding. She was jealous of a potential teammate getting taking playing time from her so she offered that teammate a ride home where they got stopped by men in masks the player who arranged us all got held while the other player who was threatening her playing time got taken out of the car and got her legs beat with an iron bar so she got the 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 organizer the the master maybe how this got arrested today uh, oh my god yeah holy shit oh man and the other one is um I don't think this got nearly as much press as it should have gotten because of the Aaron Aaron Rodgers bullshit and how much of an idiot he's been this past week. But Mac Jones, guys, go watch Mac Jones's dirty play from this past week. Holy yeah. shit, is that a bad football play? And yeah. holy shit, do I hope he gets fined a lot for that because he was making the tackle on a guy who didn't even have the ball after he was strip sacked and literally grabbed the guy's ankle 
and twisted and wrenched it and took the guy out of the game. Oh. And if that happened, if it was reversed and that happened to a quarterback, there would be hell to pay. Yep. But for they would have gotten ejected. That's really, really freaking dirty. And all I can imagine is like Bill Belichick on the sideline in this cutoff hoodie going, excellent. Like, I don't know. It just it seems like <laughs> so shitty. I'm so pissed off at that play because it's such a dirty play. Um like that there is there is no excuse for what he did. It was just it was terribly dirty. And he could have caught he's going to cost that. I can't remember who the defensive end is. He's going to cost some games. And I wish I, it makes me wish the rule that, you know, since he injured him and caused that, he, you know, Mac Jones would have to sit out the same number of games that he caused the injury or the yeah. injured injured player has to sit out. But anyway, there was one more and I can't forget it. And I'm all worked up anyway. So. Mm-hmm. All right. You got nothing for us, Ethan? Uh, no, not off the top of my head. Oh, right. come on. What? Harding? No, I mean, about about I don't know uh, uh, about anything. You what? You just want me to fucking talk off the cuff? Uh, drivers in the DC area fucking suck, and I've <laughs> I've just I'm a- angry all the time. I don't know. Is that what you? I don't know. That works. I like it. All right. Beautiful. Well, next week we can talk about OBJ and his landing oh, yeah, spot. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Where, wherever it is, if it's with Matt's Packers or uh, mm, no. Bill Belichick's Patriots, whatever it ends up being. But uh, I think I think we did a good job, boys. Let's uh, let's say adios. We did so good. I'm gonna pat myself on the back. Wow. Adios, everyone. Hi, mom. <laughs> the headlines remind us daily: the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better, and your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com